Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into Duval Daily presented by GinJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in here on Thursday, February 15th. Today, we're getting into our best fits for the Jaguars at 17 overall. They currently hold the 17th overall pick in the first round, right? Um, And, you know, disappointing end of the season. A lot of things need to be fixed for the Jaguars heading into 2024, a year that they should be looking at trying to uh, obviously get back into the playoffs, but they should be looking beyond that. They're in a Super Bowl window with Trevor Lawrence on his rookie deal. So we've got some fits. These are guys that align with Trent Baalke's draft strategies, his philosophies, uh, in one way or the other, not necessarily prospects who I would be highest on for the Jaguars at 17 overall. I've made it pretty clear that my top two guys at 17 are Jackson Powers Johnson and Jerzon Newton. Both of those guys, for me, are blue chip. Uh, but these are some guys that are bulky built IMO, and each of them, even though they're not necessarily the highest on my board, I'd be excited about any one of these guys. I really would. And so I think that there's a good chance Trent Baalke does land someone in the first round that fans are really excited about uh, because, quite frankly, when I look at this draft, I look at, um, you know, in terms of my big board, 10 through about 30, there's not a lot of separation. There's a lot of guys that deserve to be first-round picks. There's a lot of guys that have tons of talent, tons of upside, uh, good floors as well as prospects. So I think there's a lot of players that that Trent Baalke could potentially land here at 17 overall if the Jaguars do end up picking there, uh, you know, assuming they don't trade up or trade back, that fans would be fired up about. These guys are bulky built. And remember, the phrasing from him in his offseason press conference, postseason press conference, bigger, stronger, faster, especially in the trenches. So we will talk about some trench guys. We will talk about some other positions as well. Excited to get into it. We're also going into this with the idea that the Jaguars have done enough to bolster their roster that they don't necessarily feel pigeonholed um, one way or the other for a certain position in the first round. They still might have some needs, uh, long-term, short-term, whatever it may be, uh, but but I don't think that the Jaguars are going to go into this draft with glaring needs at, at a specific position where you have to get a player in the first round or you're screwed uh, I just think that's how Trent Baalke likes to operate as a general manager. Doesn't want to have a glaring need on the roster heading into the draft. Feeling pigeonholed to have to take that position in the first round. And never forget arm length, athleticism, athletic testing. These are the keys to Trent Baalke's heart. So we're going to get into it. If you enjoy the content here, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. You can also check out ginjag.com shop. Pick up some new Duval gear. Our Duval football throwback pre-order is available right now through next Tuesday. All right, let's dive into these prospects. Look, we're going to start in the trenches because I think that's where the Jaguars need the most work. Um, I think that looking at what's going to happen in free agency, there's a very good chance, in my opinion, the Jaguars do try to bolster the defensive front uh, in free agency. Ryan Nielsen, their new defensive coordinator, big-time defensive line coach before becoming a coordinator last year, a full-time coordinator last year. So I think this is a guy that, would love to see 
specific positions bolstered up front for this defensive line to operate the way he wants it to. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars do a good job uh, adding some pieces in free agency to bolster that front. And look, free agency is loaded with defensive line uh, talent, in my opinion, whether it be interior or on the edge. So look, I do think that there's a good chance they go in that direction in free agency. So we're going to start on the offensive side, like I said. And there is perhaps no prospect in this class that screams Trent Balky more to me than Amarius Mims out of Georgia. Offensive tackle, played right tackle for them. I think he has the traits to play either side. But, uh, you know, in a situation where the Jaguars maybe cut Cam Robinson, save money, kick Anton Harrison to left tackle, bring in Amarius Mims. He is six foot seven, 340 pounds, unbelievable length. Massive power, elite athleticism at the position. And guess what? Even though Amarius Mims hasn't started a lot of football games, even though he missed some time in 2023, he's not the project that like a Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma is or Patrick Paul out of Houston. He's ready to roll right now. I mean, you pop on the tape, not only is he dominant physically, but he has much better hand placement, hand usage, pass sets. He's better in the run game than both of those guys by a wide margin. This is a guy I'm comfortable having a first-round grade on. And so I think that Trent Balky, looking at all the traits he brings to the table, looking at the potential he has as a young prospect, a former five-star, one of the biggest recruits um, in his class, I think of Marius Mims, if he was fully healthy in 2023, and if he had had more starts prior to 2023, He'd probably be looked at in the same range as, as you know, maybe even Joe Alt. You know, he'd be at the top of this class from a talent perspective. And maybe for some team he will be. He might not be available at 17 overall. I think that's a real possibility. But in this offensive tackle class that has so much talent, maybe Amarius Mims does fall to 17. I think Trent Balky, if Amarius Mims is on the board at 17, is going to pull the trigger. I really do. I think he would love to land in Amarius Mims. And again, it's not necessarily starting him in year one, but maybe you come in to year one with a competition with Walker Little at right tackle. Whoever doesn't win is your swing tackle, something like that. We'll see how it plays out. And then Talese Fuaga, I think for me, this is another bulky built type of player. I think he can play right tackle or guard. I do prefer him at guard, but either way, kind of similar to, um, to Amarius Mims, if you want to play him at right tackle or have a competition there, or let him play right guard, whatever it may be. Um, right guard obviously would only be the case if you let Brandon Sheriff go and then uh, don't sign any major names there. But look, Fuaga is probably the best run blocker in this class, regardless of position. He's unbelievable against the run. He has clean pass sets at right tackle, but for me, I think he doesn't have elite length on the outside, and he also doesn't uh, really possess the quickest feet, the ability to redirect uh, so I, I, that's why I have him best at guard, but I think he can play tackle. Either way, you're upgrading your offensive line, and you're upgrading your ability to run the football. Uh, I think that that's, that's got to be paramount. Obviously, protecting Trevor Lawrence is huge, but they've also got to get better at running the football, clearing space for the running backs in 2024. He has the strength. He has the requisite length to play tackle. I think you like his length even better at guard. I think you like his strength even better at guard, but a guy that could bring you some versatility, some toughness, no doubt about that. I think that Trent Balky would be in on Talese Fuaga. Now, 
We're going to look at a position uh, I'm pretty interested in. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Jaguars have a very intriguing situation at wide receiver, right? Because if they're not able to retain Calvin Ridley, I do think wide receiver might be the one position they do pigeonhole themselves into with a first round pick or an early draft pick, because if you don't retain Calvin Ridley, um, you're sitting there looking at Christian Kirk as your slot receiver, obviously, which you love Evan Ingram, another slot ish player. And then what else do you have that's consistent that you can rely on? Obviously they probably like Zay Jones within the building, but they probably also know they could do better in terms of a third target in the passing game. So I think that the Jaguars might feel a little pigeonholed and they also know that, they need somebody who can be a ball winner on the outside. They don't have that at all at this point on their roster. So if they're not able to retain Calvin Ridley, I do think the Jaguars might be like, look, we got to get a receiver in the first or second round bottom line uh, to build around, to give Trevor Lawrence somebody who can win down the field, who can go up and get the football in contested catch situations. And I think there's some really good options for the Jaguars in that regard. And again, these are options that I think Trent Baalke would potentially love at 17 overall, and that would go against Trent Baalke's uh, history as a general manager. He's only drafted a wide receiver in the first round once. It did not work out. He's only drafted a wide receiver on the first two days of the draft once. So this would be going against a little bit of history, but again, the way the wide receiver position is shaping up for the Jaguars, I think that they might be in between a rock and a hard place and feel like we've just got to go get our guy, right? And I think that uh, when you look at Trent Baalke, what he likes, I think Brian Thomas Jr. might be that guy. His route tree is limited at LSU. He needs to get stronger, in my opinion, play more consistently with focus and effort. But the talent is there to be wide receiver four in this class. Unbelievable speed. He's six foot four, 205, has great quickness and fluidity, the ability to change direction, both as a route runner and ball carrier. He has the length, the catch radius, the leaping ability. I mean, yeah, it is there. All of the talent in the world is there. You want a vertical threat, a guy who can win on the boundary, a guy that can go up and get the football in the red zone. Brian Thomas Jr. might be the best option there, and he led the country in, in, in touchdown receptions despite playing opposite Malik Neighbors. For the LSU Tigers, I personally have him in the 20s on my board, but that's only due to some questions that his tape present versus uh, the questions that aren't there is the things you can't teach. You cannot teach his size, his speed, his functional fluidity, athleticism, his ball skills in the air, the ability to uh, come down with contested catches, and again, the catch radius. You can't teach that stuff. And I've seen some compare him to a DJ Chark. I think he's a much better prospect coming out than DJ Chark. And look, if DJ Chark hadn't sustained so many injuries throughout his career, we'd probably be talking about him in a much different light. I do believe that. So uh, Brian Thomas out of LSU, I think this is a guy that could definitely be uh, bulky built. And then Keon Coleman. Folks talk about his inability to separate. Look at the route tree. They're asking him to run at FSU, man. I mean, he he created a plenty of separation at Michigan State 
running slants, digs, other end breakers. I think that's an area where the Jaguars could get a lot better attacking the middle of the field. Um, FSU's offense was just so vanilla with how they used him, with the route concepts they used him on. Uh, I think that he was also playing through injury in 2023. Uh, He was, I mean, also just a 20-year-old. He doesn't turn 21 until May of 2024 a very young prospect who has flash dominance he's six foot four and between 215 and 220 pounds brings a physicality brings in my opinion the best hands in this class uh to the table and, and a guy that at six foot four and you know, nearly 220 pounds the fluidity and, and twitch he has at that size with the strength he's able to bring to the field i think it's rare and so i think that uh, he's going to be a guy that Trent Baalke would also be interested in. I, I'm interested to see how Keon Coleman tests. I want to see him, if he runs in the 4-4s, four I think that he is going to uh, kind of get back into the good graces of draft media. I know a lot of people have kind of moved him down their board. I personally haven't. I think Keon Coleman is a fantastic draft prospect. Excited to see how it goes for him in Indy at the Combine. But yeah, I do think that that Trent Baalke could be very interested in a Keon Coleman. And then finally, uh, I've got a corner here. And I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is the best fit for the Jaguars. Yes, I think that Quinion Mitchell and Terry and Arnold fit as well. But I feel less confident they'll be available. And quite frankly, out of all three of those guys, I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is the most steady prospect. And I think he's the most bulky built. And I think he makes the most sense for this Ryan Nielsen defense because he is highly experienced in press man coverage. He is extremely smart. He's extremely patient. He has great length, quickness, fluidity, hips to turn and run, um, and ball skills to to disrupt. He's also really good when it comes to pursuit and tackling. I just think Kool-Aid McKinstry is incredibly smooth, and he's an underrated athlete. A guy who started and played a lot of games for Nick Saban as a true freshman on the outside at corner. You have to be smart and you have to be uh, physical, and you have to be a guy that that gets it to be able to do that. A former five-star recruit, I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is being vastly underrated. I saw that you know, among mock drafts right now across the web, he's not even top 25. I think that's crazy. I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is a, a prospect that deserves to be drafted in the teens, and I think Trent Baalke and Ryan Nielsen would both look at this guy and say, Yes, he can play in this defense. He can survive out there on an island in press man coverage. He can also play off coverage for you. And again, he can do it all. He can tackle. He can play the ball in the air. He can be patient. He's got the length, the athleticism to succeed at a high level in the NFL. I think he has a very nice floor, but I think his ceiling is through the roof for the former Alabama Crimson tied cornerback. So that'll do it. Those are my best fits for the Jaguars. Again, I think Amarius Mims is probably the most bulky built player in this draft just looking at uh, also the idea that Trent Baalke loves to find value. Amarius Mims, he could probably tell himself, look, if this guy played a full couple seasons as a starter at Georgia, I don't think he'd be making it outside the top 10. And he might not make it outside the top 10. But if he falls down to 17 on the board, I think that Trent Baalke would be all over that. Um, And Talese Fuaga, another big, versatile guy that has tremendous power. I think he's going to test really well. I think Trent Baalke will be in on that. I think Brian Thomas Jr. and Keon Coleman make a lot of sense. And again, we finished it off with Kool-Aid McKinstry there. But if you enjoy the content, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. You can also check out ginjag.com shop. Pick up some new Duval gear. Y'all have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.